Blog Talk Radio. Assalamualaikum. Peace be unto you all. Welcome to Elevated Places. I am your host, Ava Mohammed, and this is the 11th day of June, 2020. It is a blessing to be with you again on Thursday night. Ask Dr. Ava with myself, Ava Mohammed, and of course, my co-host, Brother Terrence Mohammed. Our contributors, uh, Brother Ruben Mohammed, who's our international contributor, Sister Mariam Mohammed, our health contributor, and our legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Mohammed, all here at your service. And of course, our executive producer, Sister Rona Mohammed, to pull it all together. Uh, I need not state the obvious to you, though I will. And it certainly is well stated uh, by the choice of messages that appear in the June 10th headline of the Final Call newspaper and the writing given to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, The Troubled World, The Need for Justice. And, of course, uh, we're going tonight to talk about, of course, first and foremost on all of our list should be the upcoming message, the criterion uh, that will be delivered on the 4th of July, Independence Day, our Independence Day. Yes, the Slave Master's Children celebrate it, but we celebrate it also for a different reason the coming of Master Fadid Muhammad, or should I say correctly, the day that he made himself known, which was July 4th, 1930. He had been in and out of the country for over 20 years uh, when he finally made himself known. Um, And we will talk about that. These modern-day lynchings, and in the wake of the murder, uh, the arrest of four officers, one of whom has uh, gotten out on bail today. Um, Now we are seeing 
video clips which are just absolutely heart-wrenching and infuriating uh, now that this has been brought into the central focus of America various uh, clips and footage have been shown throughout the week of recent cases that are very similar uh, to the torture murder of George Floyd. You you have on camera a, a young man crying out, I can't breathe. And so uh, these other cases, which only received local attention, or made some little minor splash into perhaps national media, but died on the vine as most uh, cases of murder uh, of black people involving police tend to do. Now they are resurfacing. And all I can think about, Brother Terrence, is Allah in the Holy Quran said, if it's under a rock, I will bring it forth. Um, And so all of this is now coming out. And, uh, perhaps those in the Trump administration and uh, many members of the oligarchy uh, of the 1% that own most of the world uh, had predicted, at least in their own mind or estimated, uh, based on previous murders, you know, what the shelf life would be of the protest movement. Right. And what they uh-huh. failed to calculate is that as the protests over the killing itself, and of course the in the early days when there was no arrest, and then when the charges were very low, uh, it was believed, I'm sure, that this would go away. But what has happened is that the protests have uh, morphed evolved into an even stronger demand for complete change in the system and in structure. And there's been a cry for the defunding of police police departments uh, around the country. And we'll talk about that as well. Uh, COVID-19, I don't think it got on an airplane and flew to the Bahamas uh, during this time. So we still have uh, this issue of a pandemic uh, that has uh, been taking place around the world and the various uh, views among the medical and health professionals about uh, what can be expected as a result of the uh, crowds, the huge, enormous gatherings of people that have taken place over the last two weeks. Um, and so uh, this this is going to be a very uh, full and profound uh, evening. Um, we we had a a loss of a great warrior. Also among us, Brother Conrad Worrell. And uh, but I'm not going to keep talking. I don't want to uh, delve too deep into anything. Let's uh, go to if he's with us yet. Um, and that is uh, is our international correspondent. Let me check and see. I don't think he's on the line as of yet. 
And so if that is the case, uh, and I'm speaking of Brother Reuben Muhammad, who's uh, quite a few miles away from us in Melbourne, to say the least, let's say the other side of the earth, in Melbourne, Australia. So what we will do uh, is we will go ahead and move on, Brother Terrence, with our schedule of contributors, and we will hear from our beloved sister, our health contributor, Sister Mariam K. Muhammad. And let me greet you, my dear sister. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing pretty good. And yourself, happy to hear you. Yes, ma'am. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Oh, so much is going on. Um, yes. Well, the coverage that I have this evening is actually uh, one of our beautiful sisters forwarded me a link to the NOI research group that they tweeted um, from Ecuador in regards to some update yeah. findings on how to treat COVID-19. And I found it to be, of course, very interesting. Um, of course, the article was talking about preliminary data from the clinical trial, and they involved more than 100 people who were COVID-19 positive, and they had a 100% cure rate within four days. They talked about how westernized medicine being largely based on the use of ventilators have been killing the vast majority of critical patients while utterly falling to address the real root of the problem. So I thought that part was really interesting as well um, because, of course, we know that's been a topic, these doggone ventilators. So according to their um, research, they have shown that COVID-19 is not an acute respiratory disease. Rather, it often presents as an inflammation and blood clotting condition, which makes sense because some of the doctors were saying how when they pull the blood of someone with COVID-19, they actually see in the tube the blood starts to clot. So the research of Ecuador, they were saying um, that the causes of the blood to be unable to carry oxygen, resulting in a patient, of course, would be hypoxia, which, of course, means that there's not enough oxygen in the blood. And um, eventually, it winds up being um, asphyxiation, which, of course, is a lack of oxygen or too much carbon dioxide, which in the human being will lead to death. So in Ecuador, they are using a treatment of chlorine dioxide, and they use this therapy through the vein, through the IV. They said that this immediately delivers a high dose of oxygen to our blood cells. This reportedly restores the oxygen carrying capacity, which is absolutely phenomenal, and clears the clotting in the lungs all while destroying the pathogen. Now, a doctor from New York warned months ago that doctors here in the United States are treating the wrong disease. Mysteriously, of course, his video is no longer available on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, we're not surprised about that. (laughs) 
So this government knows that the inflammation worsens the condition of COVID-19. Of course you would think, okay, they would look into an anti-inflammatory treatment, which they're not doing. So instead they're using ventilators, which doesn't make sense. So you're forcing oxygen into someone's lungs who can't even receive what you're forcing in there. And they know that the blood is clotting in the lungs, which of course causes blockages. So the stats now are 88% of patients put on ventilators are dying because it's the wrong treatment for COVID-19. Studies Mm, have mm, also mm. shown that people on blood thinners have a better chance of beating COVID-19 because their clotting factors are lessened by the drug. Now, this does not mean for people to go and start taking aspirin. Run out and get a blood Right, right. (laughs) Right. Like, please do not do that. You know how we are. They exactly. dropped the phone and ran to Walgreens. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly what we do. So uh, please don't do that. Do not do that. Um, I love it. Now, these findings may also explain why turmeric and vitamin D are associated with helping COVID-19 because, of course, they are anti-inflammatory agents. So people can run and get the turmeric and the vitamin D, but not the blood thinners. (laughs) So as I was reading the the article, I thought about interferon. And I did, I looked it up a little bit. Um, Of course, knowing that interferon is a, um, interferon is a protein that we produce naturally in our defense system. And I think that's the key that we need to understand that we naturally produce it. So its job is to tell our immune system that a threat is present in the body and it triggers the killer immune cells to fight those invaders. That, again, is, is so key when we talk about what our body already naturally produces. And, of course, the name was developed because it interferes with viruses and keeps them from multiplying. It works with our white blood cells and um, helps to attack the threat. So I thought that it's very interesting how we have these natural components that can help us with COVID-19, but of course the United States is not interested in it. But you have Ecuador who's using the chlorine dioxide treatment and it's by it ready, I mean, by it restoring our red blood cells to be able to properly carry and deliver oxygen and to clear the clots in the lungs while destroying the pathogens, that's just absolutely, absolutely, absolutely inf- just phenomenal. Absolutely. This yes, treatment, ma'am. they says, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, oh my God, I, I was really excited to read that. I was really, really excited to read it because it helps get our bodies back to functioning properly versus the way westernized medicine is what they treat us with makes our bodies now dependent upon what the next drug is that they're going to introduce to us. So of course they wouldn't be interested in something that can get us back on our feet. They want to keep us pulling on their pharmaceutical company so they can keep making money off of us. So quite naturally, they're going to mysteriously come up with this vaccine that's not going to be any good for us. 
not going to do anything but harm us. And I really, really, like, I'm really praying that we do not run to a vaccine that they're going to introduce that, of course, is going to have different agents in it that's really going to do us harm. Um, There was another thing that, uh, a question that someone had asked me earlier that I thought was pretty interesting in regards to um, talking about vaccines and babies. And because the question came up because dealing with the COVID-19 and how COVID-19 creates the clotting in the lungs, they asked me the question, why is it that they give babies when they're born a vitamin K shot? And, of course, vitamin K is key in the coagulation process of the body in the clotting of the blood. To introduce that to a baby right when a baby is born is so absolutely incorrect because what this enemy has done, they've learned how to interfere with the development of our bodies, every system of the body, especially the immune system. And if you can introduce a threat to the body before the body is really able to recognize what a threat is, you can slide in your threat and the body may think it's normal. And if that happens, then later on in life, when you start introducing other threats, the body will not respond the way it's supposed to, to get rid of the threat. So this is why we suffer. One of the reasons why we suffer from so many different diseases and ailments because of all the vaccines that they give us in the first two years of life, that does not make sense. And this new vitamin K shot, because I know when I was born, there was no vitamin K shot with newborn. Exactly. So this is something new on the scene <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Why do you need vitamin K when you're first born? It just, it absolutely doesn't make sense. This, this enemy is just incredible with everything he keeps coming up with to poison our bodies. So that is That's my right. portion, and I will turn it back over to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, that was a phenomenal report. See, that, 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 that's the type of wisdom that makes elevated places the place to be. That, that, I mean, that, that's real talk there. And, uh, my God, everything you just laid out is so logical, so clear, so real. And some of these issues you know we on this program we've been tossing them around and people have called in raising questions about the ventilators and now we see that the the problem with this uh virus lies not as much with the virus as it does with the wickedness as well as the incompetence of the US government and multinational corporations. And, you know, the clash among them in greed and the opportunistic ones that want to use uh, the idea of a pandemic and an epidemic and, and fear and behavioral control and all of the wonderful things that uh, a, a person like Bill Gates whose family is rooted in the tradition of eugenics, 
you know, the, That's right. the, 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 you know, the science of or the ideology that stands for the proposition that some people are genetically inferior to others and that the genetically inferior should just be killed. They should just be mm-hmm. taken out. Right. They are a waste of time and resources. And, of course, at the top of the list of who should be eliminated are black people. And the minister addressed this in uh, the time and what must be done. But this is so powerful, yes, Sister Mariam, and I know you're going to get um, a lot of questions love. tonight on that. That This is this is revelatory. Um, and, 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 you know, Ecuador initially was a place where they they were up there with uh, vying to be the epicenter mm-hmm. of uh, yes, the COVID nineteen in the early uh, days of of the spread, and it's it's just amazing. Like Cuba, some little country, you know, in Central America, um, is is the place that all of this wonderful knowledge and information is coming from and it makes so much sense uh, to hear that and you know I've heard so many people who are believers in in nature and they're medical and health people like yourself almost to a person all of you say almost all of our health problems are rooted in inflammation or the body's response to to an assault on it or perceived assault on it because we just That's take right. in so many things. We eat, breathe, and think things that this magnificent organism that Allah created is just simply not desirous of or equipped to deal with. And, and you know, quickly on that vitamin K, when my grandson was born, and he, he's four years old now, just beautiful, highly intelligent, you know, just this this new generation, but it took four of us, four adults, uh, my husband, his father, his mother, my daughter, my younger daughter, myself, five of us uh, in this Mm. little room uh, where they were trying to, when he went for his first examination, um, you know when they're when they're like two or four weeks old, something like that. After after leaving the hospital, first time they come back for a exam, and of course we we got out of the hospital. We left quickly as we could. We she didn't stay there. That's right. Sasha. That's right. Uh, and and I told her I said, you know, you're not sick, <laughs> so we don't need to be. That's here. right. You know, pregnancy and childbirth is not an illness. Okay, that's right. So we need to get up out of here because we had to have somebody awake like 24-7 because they'll come in, they'll they'll stick that needle in their foot or wherever they can do it. It's it's just straight up a confirmation of what Yakub did. Uh, White people are doing it now. And so we got out of uh, the hospital in one piece and didn't let anybody touch him. Uh, Then we bring him back for an examination and, and you imagine all of us are squeezing one of those little exam rooms and you know how, how 
tall and dark and muscular with his shades on, my husband. <laughs> and his the, uh, my grandson's father was shot. He's also tall and dark and, you know, and then my daughter Sasha and my daughter Sherelle, they're, they're, they're ready to fight anything that moves in the wrong right. direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't and, we know. I'm I'm like the I'm the calmest people in the person in the room. So imagine that. Imagine me being the calm person. And you know I'm out there. So this white woman, this she comes in and well the vitamin K, we we need to give him the the thing you just said, Sister Mariam, yeah, in the blood doesn't clot and blah blah blah. So we all said, you know, maybe you can't hear, maybe you don't understand words. No, you're not. You're not injecting right. him with anything. As Fred Sanford right. was saying on Sanford and Son, anything. Do you get that? There are I no. Know that's just right. the needle is traumatic. You're not poking our baby with a needle, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, well, I'm going to get the supervising physician. And Darius said, "Go get him because he loves you know. Now we now it's on and popping. That's, I want to because you're too low level anyway. And uh, lo and behold, who walks in? But this Arab who you could clearly see he's a Muslim, okay. And he comes in with his chart, and so Darius deals with him, and they go back and forth. And so Darius said, "Listen, man." Are you? He said, "You're a Muslim, right?" And he said, "Yeah." Asalamu alaikum. The whole thing. And he said, "Where are you from?" And the doctor said, "I'm from Saudi Arabia." And Darius mm-hmm. said, "Then you ought to know better. You know this is a devil." Mm-hmm. Okay. So the uh, the doctor starts looking around the room, and he drops what he said. I'm just trying to to do my uh, finish getting my credentials so I can go home, please. Like, let's not let's not start anything. And my husband said, do you think, don't you think in the trillions of years that human beings have been on this earth and nobody heard of a vitamin K until a couple mm. of years ago? You don't have a problem with that? You're talking about the, that if, if we don't clot before four months old, don't you think Allah knows that? And he right. created the human body that way. You know, you're also Come not on. born six feet tall. Okay? I mean, That's we, right. well, if the baby falls or uh, is, is uh, and, and, and somebody said the baby falls down or is, hits his head. So my daughter said, well, that's why they have parents. Okay? He's not going to fall. I know that's right. How's he going to fall? Okay? <laughs> Somebody's holding him at all times. <laughs> Oh, but at the God. end, uh, wow. at the end, he submitted, and 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 I'm just saying, it took all of us. I, I'm trying to visualize these young single sisters, these teenage mothers. They don't have a chance against these people. Mm. That's right. Because they just come in and tell them, "We're going to do it." Like my husband mm-hmm. says, some of them probably say, "Well, do you have any more of those shots? Because we want all we can get." Just mm-hmm. so helpful. Mm-hmm. But we can mm-hmm. never forget in all of this that we're dealing with a liar, and never forget That's we're right. dealing with a six-ounce brain. So you have That's arrogance, right. lies, and 
incompetence all wrapped up in one package. And this is why we have That's to right. do as, as our sister's doing, you know, read and study. There is another side to what you see on the Today Show, what you see on Fox News or CNN. That's the point. That's the point here. That's right. But thank you for that, that great, great, great report, Sister Mariam. Stay with us. Okay, we yes, all ma'am. now we're gonna uh let's see. I don't see Brother Ruben yet. And so what I wanted to do, Brother Terrence, is yes, is get your uh opening report because uh when Sister uh Pamela does hers, that's gonna be going more into the legalities. Uh, surrounding the the case with uh, the murder of George Floyd and where we are right now. Because as you know, uh, we had the first cop released uh, today or yesterday on bond. Right. And some right. other developments have, have, some other things have been made known uh, right. about the, for example, the, 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 the conflict uh, between George Floyd and this cop, That's right. both working at the same nightclub. There's a mm-hmm. pr- prior knowledge of one another, and right. uh, I, I want to talk about how I really clearly see a murder one charge now um, right. on the clearest level because you have a predisposition now uh, to want to do harm to this person. Um but let's see. So, Brother Terrence, I'm going to turn the mic over to you, and let's get your report, sir. Oh, yes, ma'am. Dr. Ava, there's so much to report. Um, it <laughs> is very interesting. It's very, very interesting, but I, I guess the first thing I would say is that you said the criterion. <laughs> you know, people just go look yes, up sir. that word. Just just look up what that means, what's the criterion, and because that is going to set the standard, that's going to set the stage, you're going to say everyone on the left or everyone on the right. That is, it's going to be like that. I don't know what a, you know what God has for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to say, but I know July 4th is the time to tune in, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, at NOI.org. NOI.org, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, there will be fireworks. As soon as he speaks, there will be fireworks on July <laughs> the 4th. So everybody that's been waiting and looking, just be tuned in because when he speaks and what he will deliver will be from God himself because he is the messenger of God in our midst, and that will be your criterion and that will be your measuring stick for everything that you have done and will do from that point on. Uh, and I cannot even say that with more strength in my voice, some more seriousness in my voice. Um, and I just really am waiting to hear from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I will leave it right there and go quickly into this list. And the list is not necessarily in order. Uh, but I want to go into this list of things that I have written down. Uh just want to give a shout-out to Brother Joshua Muhammad down in Atlanta, uh, the son of our uh, southern, uh, southern Regional Student Minister, Brother uh, Abdul Sharif. His son uh, had 
on the People's Podcast at our sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, on the People's Podcast. And just a shout-out to him for doing the podcast and getting a lot of our uh, pioneers and current members of the nation and their stories and their history and compiling all of this. It's a beautiful thing to see and really hear some of these stories and hear some of these beginnings um, because sometimes we talk about prior to 75 and the history of the nation, but I'm realizing, Dr. Ava, it will be good for us to even maybe have a series that talk about, you know, what went on in the 80s and 90s because the reality is we are in 2020. So that means that everybody has come into the nation since 2020 or all of the youth that have been born in 20 from 2000 to 2020 may not even know what happened in the 80s, may not even know uh, what happened in the 90s. You know, um, the shock of the hour is one of, you know, the great lectures or uh, Madison Square Garden or, the, you know, the Georgia Dome in 1992, add them up, white man, add them up. And just all those classic things that we wanted to go, so I appreciate that. So let me move quickly. We see NASCAR had a race last night, and the number 43 car was all black, Black Lives Matter, and it was representing Black Lives Matter. And then one of the race uh, drivers wanted to leave NASCAR. He didn't like the direction it was going. But we know the history of NASCAR. NASCAR has never been pro-black. <laughs> we know how NASCAR started. <laughs> So it's very interesting to see what NASCAR is doing. It is also interesting that Starbucks is telling its employees not to wear anything that says Black Lives Matter, but that is the same company, Starbucks, that you know had this race training and shut down all of their Starbucks to have this sensitivity and race training, but now are now talking about not encouraging or having their employees wear anything that deals with Black Lives Matter. Um, the the buffoonery, Dr. Aver, you know, we got to understand that congressional or Congress have staffers. So staffers are usually the ones that have the meetings with the community or the, the buffers between the congressional person or whatever, and sometimes staffers come up with ideas. And I'm just thinking it must have been some crazy staffer or some crazy congressional person to decide to have congressional members kneel down with some kente cloth that was probably made in China. Um, <laughs> for them to actually do that, and actually thought it was okay to do that, and nobody even <laughs> said or sound the alarm, don't y'all go out there in front of those cameras and do that. Um, this is our... This is the leadership of America, and I, I just really, I literally just can't understand how in any consciousness <laughs> anybody black allowed these folks to go out there or anybody black participated in this and that you sincerely thought you was doing something good. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, with Kente Cloth and all, oh, this was just very devastating to me. I, I, I just, I cried. Moving on. Um, Nike um, um, now Nike the, the the shoe company has now can declare Juneteenth a paid holiday for their employees. Shout out to Nike. Give up some of those billions of dollars, but Nike declared Juneteenth a paid holiday for their employees. You get almost a hand clap, not even a hand clap, just almost. Um, we are also, you know, Dr. Ava, we're looking at a lot more, you know, in the wake of all these protests, literally across the world. 
Um, we're looking at Japan, looking at Australia, you know, all across the 50 states, we are seeing protests, 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 and they're keeping it increased. In my city, last weekend, the highway was shut down. Weekend before that, the highway was shut down. Seeing these multiple, multiracial protests, and everybody and their mama is doing a Black Lives Matter uh, declaration for their company, their organization, or this firm, that firm. I stand with black. You know, so it's draining now. It's, I was about tired of it. And then there's this overwhelming conversation of black resilience and what we need to do to heal ourselves in the midst of this protest. And then this overwhelming amount of white guilt and tears coming to black people. How can I help? What can I do? I'm so sorry. Um, the dry tears that they do as though we don't think white folks know what the hell to do. And and they do know what to do, and they are very clear about what needs to be done, but will they do it after the moment? Because this is not a moment. This is a movement. Um, we also saw, shout out to Brother Abdul Halim Muhammad uh, in Houston uh, for attending with the rest of the FOI, the funeral of our brother um, this past Thursday in Houston. Uh, we saw Al Sharpton give the eulogy, and let me just say this. Al is a friend of mine. I just say that for the record. He's a friend of mine. I've done some work with Al. I liked his Minneapolis speech, but the one he did in Houston, <sighs> it was very difficult to watch. It was one of those 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 uh, eulogies where you have the, uh, as we say, the, the chicken-eating um, pastor. <laughs> he did a lot of that. But we still remember our brother George Floyd <laughs> as he was laid uh as he was laid to rest. Um and we do know that Al Sharpton is calling for a march on the fifty seventh anniversary of the March on Washington in Washington DC on Friday, August the twenty eighth. Uh so people are looking um to turn out for that. Also, breaking news, Louisville Metro Council, Louisville, Kentucky Metro Council has voted to ban unanimously voted to ban the no not warrant. The no not warrant was 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 yeah. was that which was used um to for the killing of Breonna Taylor where they can bust yes, in sir. your door without acknowledging who you are in plain clothes. Um so luckily clap to the Louisville Metro Council that they did ban the no knock warrant in that city. So I uh, appreciate of that. One last thing, uh, Dr. Ava, that, you know, I'm going to try to say as clean as I can, but I was talking to someone, uh, an actual therapist, and uh, I've been talking to a lot of different sectors. I didn't know that, well, I wouldn't, let me just say this, I wouldn't know. I have no knowledge of it. Uh, But this person I was talking about was saying that uh, on one particular site, on this particular site that they say on this day or on these particular days, all that you're going to see is people of color. Uh, that's all that they're going, to, they're going to show is people of color and out of quote-unquote respect for Black Lives Matter. On this particular site, this um, doctor and this therapist were telling me on this particular site, every time you see people of color on this particular site is very violent, is very abusive, it's not, there's no loving, it's very violent. And so for them, they say, well, we're just going to show all black, and all the time you show black people are very violent and aggressive. That's not really 
Black Lives Matter. And I'm just saying that, and I will just go ahead and say with the site, and these are those sites uh, that people go to see certain kinds of acts that are done at night. Um, and But they're actually talking about this is what they're going to do for Black Lives Matter. And I just the, the, the thought of what this world is doing that we're living in and the craziness, um, we definitely, Dr. Ava, have to separate. We just have to separate um, because we are separated from their social equality for a reason. But some of us are caught up in living and wanting to be a part of this world because we have gotten so in uh, so drenched in this world that we actually think it tastes good we actually think it's good for us, and we actually think it feels good. And I just say that we have to separate. Uh, and just as we talk about we need to vote, where well, we saw the voter suppression in Georgia with the long lines across the country, lines for hours and hours and hours. This country never wanted us, don't want us, and they want us to leave. So we should do what we know to do, and that is separation, the best and only solution. There's a lot more that we can discuss, Dr. Ava, um, and as we know, those probably have already called and flooded the phone lines to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for guidance because I was blessed to have a meeting with the Chief of Police yesterday and a great conversation, and literally people are looking uh, for answers or looking for solutions but I will say this, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has told us and has prepared for us, they are prepared, fully prepared to come in and slaughter our people at a drop of a dime. So some of these protesters and people that are seeing mercy right now or the kneeling of the cops, that will not last forever. So we have been guided, giving guidance, shelter in place and just wait for their guidance and instruction from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on July 4th. Back to you, Dr. Ava. And she's there somewhere. But as I hope she didn't mute herself. But I will say next weekend, Juneteenth, will be coming up. So let me do this, because I'm not sure where Dr. Ava is or technology may be keeping her out. Sister Pamela, are you on? My apologies. I just got oh, tossed off, but I quickly okay, dialed back there in. You go. Yes, <laughs> but you, when I got cut off, you were speaking about the uh, preparedness of the U.S. military local arm called the police department. To slaughter us yeah. at a moment. Yeah, and, and I only say that from the, the private conversation. Well, I'll put it this way, Dr. Ava. Some of the few people that I knew that were some of the protesters, the first week was just chaotic. The second week, some people started to do better organizing. They had a huge event in my city downtown, about 5,000 people. It was a nice event. Now I'm seeing another pastor getting to do an event. Now I'm seeing another group is going to do a nice rally in March coming up. But then I also see that it was another group that was just, I would just say, the brothers from the block that 
shut down highways, but as they were doing it, the police backed away, didn't make any arrests, stayed off. But these young brothers, you know, was going into a, a very high business district. They went into a Walmart and with bullhorns and just yelling, yelling, and came out, went to a Target, stood up on the cash register and yell, yell. Then they went into a McDonald's and just told folks, you know, got free food and went out. And I said, but you can only do that for so long. Because the next time you try to do that and thinking that you're taking over, they will arrest and it can get violent. And so we need to listen to the warning that's been given to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, yeah. you know, they plan and the law plans. And Allah is the best of planners. And from the wickedness behind making use of the existence of the coronavirus um, to opportunistic efforts to exploit the the pain and anguish of our people, but the dissatisfaction of the entire populace. Nothing. Everything is is being met with failure. It's a disaster for uh, white America and for multinational corporations. And so anything they plan for us, it will ultimately culminate in their own destruction. And as you said, you know, the minister has warned and taught the nation of Islam has been on the scene for 90 years, going into a century. In 1930, it will be 100 years. Uh, That's only a decade away. And by then, we will be settled into new territory if if we expect to live, if we expect to survive, Uh, because Allah is dismantling uh, this country. And as the minister stated in the law of God, study guide 16, the dissatisfaction in this country is 100%. And so as people paused during this uh, shelter in place, or as I call it, house arrest, the worst thing this government could have done is the uh, the shelter in place, the wearing of masks, and 40 million plus unemployed. And in the midst of all of the dissatisfaction and stress, torture a man to death, and it's captured on video from every angle possible and shown over and over again on national television. There, there was no way that this was not going to be met with the outburst. You know, the the fire has been ignited. And so, as I said earlier, normally the shelf life of a protest, even one as widespread as this, uh, it it is short. And, And I shouldn't say one as widespread of this because there's never been anything this widespread in the United States. See, it was, it was one thing when, there was a protest in Minneapolis where it happened that there were protests in Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, California, in New York. But when there are protests in Salt Lake City, Utah, okay, Columbus, right. Ohio, uh, Denver, Colorado, you, you have you have problems. 
you have problems. Uh, Los Angeles last Sunday, it looked like the Million Man March. And all of these people, thousands and thousands in close proximity, actually exposed the fallacies underlying what we're being told about how to deal with the COVID-19. So now you have all these alarmists coming on the news saying, oh, the cases are shooting up, the cases are shooting up. But when you get deep down into the news, nursing homes remain the hot spots. See, we're never given the the data underlying the broad numbers. See, when you say, oh, two million cases, how many cases are there of, of the flu right now? There are 330 million people in this country. There have been three infant deaths presumably as a result of COVID-19. But yet there's all of this Bill Gates and Fauci and these people. We, to, to Sister Marianne's point about vaccinating infants, now uh, Bill Gates is saying the COVID-19 vaccine, when it's ready, has to become part of the protocol of vaccinations for infants. And if the baby tests positive, the child should be separated from the mother. Now, who does mm. that sound like? Wow. Mm. Mm. Man, mm-hmm. that sounds. So if we had any doubt about the reality of Dr. Yakub, it's being repeated. History of 8,400 years ago is being uh, uh, repeated, you see. And it is, an, it is a, agreed upon universally among psychologists and pediatrics and uh, everybody having to do with babies, that separation of an infant from its mother in the first two weeks of life has a lifelong negative biopsychological impact That's on right. that human being. That's right. Because we know, Sister Mariam, a baby belongs on its mother's breast when it comes out. Right. So look at this and separate and, and see if it tests positive. So now you're going to quarantine an infant. Mm. Wow. But they plan, and a law plans, and a law right. is the best of planners. So look at That's right. what is happening now. And now you have a president who is mentally deranged. <laughs> the right. whole right. world is is at least paying lip service to Black Lives Matter, at least. So NASCAR bans the Confederate flag. HBO said, we're taking Gone with the Wind, the most popular movie of all time. Which, which romanticizes slavery and portrays black people as buffoons and idiots who need to be slaves. So we're going to pull Gone with the Wind, but we're going to bring it back. But when we bring it back, every time it shows, there's going to be a narrative accompanying. You're going to get an introduction to it before it comes on. Talking about how vehemently racist it is 
So Robert E. Lee and his horse get taken down in Virginia. So city councils and states and everybody, governors and mayors and city council people, everybody's signing off on laws banning the chokehold, which came, came from Israel. All these police departments are being trained as well as armed by the Israelis. And if you've noticed, in the last 10 to 15 years, they've become more vicious and crazy than ever. And that's because of who's training them. But to uh, choke up the life out of a person and keep your knee on a person because of an allegation that they were trying to pass a $20 bill, which we've heard nothing since then. I want to know who called them before this is over. And we need as a community to purge ourselves. See, when when he said make your own community a safe and decent place to live, that didn't just mean cut the grass and look both ways before you cross the street. That's right. Come on. The minister says what he means, and he means what he said. How can a community be right. safe with the police present? Come on. When their presence is death. Hmm. That, we don't need policing. That's what the people are saying now. Yeah, we've quieted down on the protesting over the, your failure. You thought when you arrested them, we were going to go home. But what we want, now look at Allah. Allah said this whole world's got to go. So now Hmm. you hear the people saying, we're done with talking about retraining. Mm -hmm. And like a brother said yesterday, why do you have to train somebody not to choke the life out of a person whose headlights were too bright? That's right. Can't legislate that. Come on. Can't legislate it. You can't because that's not a human being. That's right. That's right. You wouldn't do that. My sister said, you wouldn't do that to a squirrel. Hmm. Put your foot on on his neck and watch. If you have to kill uh, an animal or something, you don't do it like that. Right. But anyway, I went way, way off. But we're going to get back to the. I thought I heard Brother Ruth. Oh, you, you were right on. You were right yes, on. Uh, I mean, I mean stuff that needed to be said. I mean, it just right. needed to be said. That's just real. Praise be to Allah. Right. But like you said, That's Brother Chance, right. we have to separate, and it, and we, we have to back up, and 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 you know, like that saying, "How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time?" Mm-hmm. I don't understand this search for what do we do, what do we do. How about doing what God's man said? How about trying that? That's right. And let's make our own neighborhood. A, let's start where we live. First of all, in our own house, right. and then whoever lives on either side of us. Let's find out who these people are, because a lot of times we don't even know. Don't know. Mm-hmm. And let's start but with that. Let's start with changing policing to public safety. Yeah, you know, I heard one brother say 
over the weekend who's being interviewed. In civilized society, you don't even you don't have policing. You have public safety. And that's two different things. See the That's right. Keeping you know you know what an example of public safety is? The FOI. That's right. The fruit of Islam. That's right. That's exactly Civilized right. men. That's right. We, who don't crawl around like reptiles, like these police cruisers. You go into any gathering, any time, any day, any place of any nation of Islam mosque or study circle or any event where one of us is even speaking on a panel, and you will see total and complete peace. That's public safety. That's right. <laughs> when people come in That's the right. door, you do a, a, a search, a polite search. You make sure nobody's on. See, so you take away the instruments of destruction. That's the right. physical instruments. Then we look you in the eye. Everything's quiet. You sit down. So by the time the meeting starts, you have calmed down because we have That's right. focused on bringing the God in you to the top of your consciousness. Mm. You want to smoke weed? You want to shoot people? You want to snort coke? You do that somewhere else. That's, That's right. what public safety is. It is the fruit of Islam. So that's who we need to be uh, uh, protecting. That the 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 uh, the teachings are not uh, police the woman, police the children. It's protect and provide. Protect and provide. You can't protect me, Mister White Redneck Devil Cop, because you're not providing for me. Right. The sun, the planets obey the sun. They circumambulate around the sun because the sun provides for the planet. That's right. That's where your authority mm-hmm. stems from. You're not in authority because right. you got a gun. You're in authority because you make provision. A man is not in authority over a house because he's male. He's the authority right. because he brings home the bread. If right. something breaks, he fixes it. If there's a threat to right. the safety of the household, he's the first one at the door. That's you right. don't come up in there unless you get past him. In the black community, you got mm-hmm. two-year-old babies answering the door. That's why yes, a devil feels comfortable doing what that devil did to George Floyd in front of everybody. Hmm. But it was the straw that broke the camel's back. And he did leave us at 46 years old, and it shouldn't have happened, but now he's a martyr. Now his name will be lifted all throughout history. And the people that killed him, their name is going to go down in infamy, infamy, and they're better off locked up. You can go on and get out on bail if you want to. That's fine. Right. You'd be better off behind bars, trust and believe. That's right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But anyway, 
I said two hours ago. But, stop this but, but you know what, Dr. Avon, I know we want to transition. <laughs> One thing I did want to add into this conversation that you said is very critical. The conversation now is abolish and defund the police. So some people say, of yes, course, sir. we're not going to abolish because then there's to be lawlessness and no order. Um, but they also talk about defunding, and people have laid out a criteria. What does defunding mean? And that means put more money into other resources versus policing. And the one thing that I did offer, and I've said on some Zoom conversation with the radio station, with the chief, I said the thing that my teacher taught, and I said Minister Farrakhan, is that, one, we have to make our communities a decent place to live because when we do that, then we won't have to ask, then we have the right to ask, get out of our community. And one of the things that was shared by law enforcement was this. It was like when we are in these communities, said the reason is because we're being called into these communities because we don't have control. They are getting phone calls. He said yeah. white folks probably yeah. have issues in their communities, but they don't call police. They don't call them to their neighbor. They don't call them for nothing, even though we know they're doing more drugs, even though they got more. He said, but you know what? That's they right. may do drugs in their, they may do drugs in their homes. So when we say Go get ahead. out of our neighborhoods, we can't get out if we don't if we're the ones calling them in. So we have to go That's back exactly to what the minister right. said, make our communities a safe and decent place to live. We have to That's do that. Right. And then we can demand right. stay the hell out of our community. But we don't even have control. So when black folks now, we well, need to abolish and let them right. go. Okay, well, yeah, mm-hmm. we let them go. Yeah, they ain't doing right. Who gonna, who, who gonna protect? Who gonna call for the domestic violence when y'all killing each other? Who gonna... All these things... You know, I told people, like, okay, I'll wait till y'all emotions calm down. Now let's have a conversation of what we should do. Mm. Right. Because nobody because is doing that. It can't get, if we, yeah, if because, they all left today, we wouldn't be any worse off. Because they don't come yeah. to protect us. That's so real. Nope, not at all. That's right. Most of the time, right. the, if it's a black person that calls them, they get killed in the, in the uh, visit, during the visit. And not and number one, we have to stop call we have to find other ways. Conflict resolution, which we've learned. That's right. There we uh, go. FOI, making all men and boys join the FOI, which will eliminate the robberies, the drugs, the rapes, the domestic violence. And then we must purge ourselves of these foreigners who own these little nasty convenience stores in our neighborhood who make millions of dollars off of us and they call the police on us. See, don't forget it was one of those little store owners that, uh, or the clerk in the store that called the police on George Floyd. Right. That's right. How about if, which we don't know to this day, if he handed her in the middle of a pandemic after losing his job if he handed her a $20 bill that was counterfeit, all you needed to do, which you would have done if it was a cracker, you would have said, we don't accept this. Period. It's like running your credit card or your debit card and the little thing makes the buzzer sound. Uh, I'm sorry, it rejected it. That's all you had to do. What do the police have to do with that? That's a civil matter. It's a mindset. So self-hating black people, 
strange, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad calls them, strange men in our communities, they got to go too, as Brother Terrence is saying. Our mindset has to change. But it should be a situation where if a woman's in the house screaming, some brothers need to go knock on that door that live in the community. Hey, what's going right. on in here? She's talking crazy. Right. I had to slap her around. I, yeah, I tell you what else you got to do. You got to get up out of here. How about that? That's right. That's right. That's right. You go, right. You go mm-hmm. take a walk. Go find somebody to visit because you. What do we do in Islam? We expel you from our society. That's what we do. If you get too crazy, then we're gonna have to remove you from the society permanently. That's right. We're not supporting nobody in no jail. Come on. So, brother Ruben. Yes, you ma'am. better get in here. <laughs> Give us our international <laughs> report. Assalamu alaikum. Well, I'm going to lead off with where you just left off from. I want to back yes, up sir. everything you just said with this. If anyone has any doubt about community policing, Let us go back to 1988, and I believe it was the month of May when the Dope Busters started what they did in Washington, D.C. Now, there is an example, and we're talking 32 years ago, about uh, community policing. And that was very, very successful. And we also have to look at the autopsy of what happened to that, because we know that one of the things that happened to that, why it's not around today, is because there was pushback from the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League. Now, just to give the proper historical context, because I know you touched on this before, Dr. Ava, when the ADL caused or forced the government to renege on the contracts that our brothers had during... Uh, with community policing uh, of these black communities. What then happened is the ADL then pushed a program through the same governments that started training the police forces by taking them to Israel and training them in many of these tactics that we're now seeing uh, being used, but also the Israelis bringing their people to train uh, the American policemen on the tactics they use on the Palestinians. So this didn't just start yesterday or the day before. This goes back all the way to when they saw how successful we were at uh, policing ourselves with the dope busters that they then introduced what we're seeing today. So I just wanted wanted to bring that up to our minds because there's always a connect enough. You'll see how we got to where we got to and who is responsible. So I wanted everyone to just know that. Now, very quickly, because I know time's running, uh, I wanted to let you know the... March, the black, well, they're calling it Black Lives Matter marches here in Australia last weekend were overwhelming success. Uh, They've never seen anything like it here in Australia. Uh, Over 100,000 people, never anything like it. Uh, Wow. Every major city, Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Queensland, Brisbane, the capital, uh, South Australia, everywhere. And, of course, the prime minister here had to open his mouth and say, oh, hang on a minute, this has got nothing to do with the Australians. That's an imported problem. 
but the Aboriginal people came out with their flags. So you've got to go online, get on Google or whatever search engine you use, look up the pictures from last weekend because it's happening again tomorrow, tomorrow Saturday here in Australia. Even though they've now kind of said, look, we're going to find all the organizers because you're breaking the quarantine things and whatnot. Well, you know, the way some of the brothers and the sisters, the Aboriginal people here look at it is, the public health risk of not speaking out now is worse because the death count in Australia is 432 black people killed in police custody. And not one wow. police officer, prison correction, whatever name they want to go under, has ever been charged. So, uh, and mm. what was really interesting is there was a woman uh, who came on television, was interviewed, and she said, Exactly what they did to our brother George Floyd in America is the same way my son was killed by the police here in Australia. And that kind of sent shockwaves because see, they don't catch that on, uh, you know, on, on, on uh, cell phone cameras here a lot. And people were shocked. You mean that happens here? Yes. Uh, they've even had what they call a royal commission into the Aboriginal deaths in custody, but nothing has come of it. No, no one's been charged. Uh, they know the debts are there. They're real. And they're both men and women, uh, and especially our sisters in prison. They're the ones being, the population numbers are increasing. Hence, every so often, every month, every two months, uh, we hear of some uh, instance where one of our sisters has died, has somehow mysteriously died in a cell. They released the footage. And you see she's been manhandled or something has happened. They've thrown her onto the concrete floor and left her there uh, for a whole day. And, of course, she's died instead of seeking medical attention. So all kinds of incidents go on here in Australia as well. So tomorrow what uh, the, the prime minister has come uh, is trying to use the cover of COVID-19 to say um, no mass rallies, but the people are coming out tomorrow. Uh, they've said they're going to defy the, uh, the, the ban to march. Sydney was the only place, uh, I have to say, Sydney, Australia was the only place where, in their wisdom, <clears throat> the Supreme Court, this is the highest court uh, dealing with these matters, in Sydney on a Saturday, and I've never heard them actually open the Supreme Court on a Saturday before, literally minutes before the march was about to start, with police everywhere, is when the, high, the Supreme Court gave the permission for them to march in Sydney. Now, if they had not given that permission, the people were going to march anyway, but it would have been uh, a different kind of situation because the police and the riot people and military, everyone would have been forced to uh, deal with the uh, protesters. But the Supreme Court gave the, uh, the okay for it, so the police had nothing to do. And it was very peaceful, except right at the end when the police decided to pepper spray a small group of people. But other than that, there was not one incident anywhere in the country. So praise be to Allah. And it's going to happen again tomorrow. They're going to fine everyone $1,600 plus another $1,000 or something who attends. Uh, of course, we know they use drones and facial recognition and all kinds of things. So what they're threatening the people is expect to have a fine in your mailbox. Uh, next week if you do attend. So we'll see how that goes anyway. Uh, the Prime Minister here in Australia also came under, well, kind of a, a lot of backlash is, is probably the right word to say because in Parliament, and Parliament, I guess, is where in Australia they can say anything. 
um, and not be held accountable. You can defame someone's character. You're under immunity from prosecution when they, they stand in parliament here. So they make all kinds of outrageous claims in parliament. But here comes the prime minister talking about there was no slavery in Australia, and Australia was, you know, founded by Captain Cook and all of these things. Well, you know, Australia was founded as a settlement for convicts. You know, these were the worst kind of people who they did not want in Britain that they sent down here. And, you know, when it was founded, yes, true, they didn't bring slave ships here, but they did grab the people from the islands next door. And please go on Google, look up the pictures for yourself. You'll see black people in chains. Now, the slavery in Australia was nowhere like the transatlantic slave trade. However, they did do what they did here to the Aboriginal black people and then followed that up now with, uh, you know, what they, we call the uh, stolen generation where they separated the children and wanted to turn those t- children into indentured servants so they could build the uh, Australia for white people. So, you know, the prime minister's kind of been given a history lesson in public and thank God to Twitter and um, all these other social media platforms because... They cannot tell their lies in parliament anymore and hide under, you know, parliamentary privilege and immunity because it all comes out in public and people tell them, wait a minute, uh, you're wrong, Prime Minister. Here's a record. Here's what happened every state in this country as well. So quickly, going to your side of the world, Dr. Ava and family, uh, we're seeing in Brazil what we were hoping would not happen, but um, it is happening. Uh, Brazil is now number two as far as uh, casualties and deaths because of COVID-19. Um, they're almost, actually, they, uh, I heard this morning there are about 800,000 infected cases or confirmed cases. Now, again, the confirmed cases, we need to multiply that by a factor in America, they say, of seven, because they're not testing everyone, so they really don't know. But there have been almost 42,000 deaths in Brazil. Now, Brazil is important because Brazil has a population of over 200 million people and over 100 million black people in Brazil. So we know Brazil is the largest African country outside of Africa, and our people there are dying, and they're going to continue to die because Brazil took a similar, the president of Brazil took a similar kind of approach to President Trump and kind of said, this thing is no big deal, and don't worry about it, it's going to go away. But our people are dying there. And very soon, I mean, that is now going to be the epicenter, or it is the epicenter of uh, COVID-19 as this pandemic makes its way around towards Africa as well. So we'll cover a little bit about what's going on in Africa next week. But uh, the Chinese government has now started to warn its citizens about racism in Australia. And the evidence is there. They see what everyone else sees who comes into Australia about how the white people treat the black, indigenous, aboriginal people. And also, one of the other things they're now warning is their citizens who make up a great number or population of um, students here. Uh, Be careful coming to Australia because the Australian population have been attacking the Chinese uh, on video. You can see some of these videos. They videotape the attacks. They do on them. Now, when China warns its citizens, hundreds of thousands of them who come and make up the private uh, college student population here, uh, that um, affects the, the money these uh, colleges, universities make, affects the economy of the country, and of course, and Chinese investment as well. And China is Australia's largest trading partner. So something to 
for us to continue to follow and, you know, just see how that plays out. And one other thing I do want to say, uh, Dr. Eva, to everyone is it's interesting as we are watching what's going on uh, in the rest of the world. We saw what happened in the UK uh, with the protests. They tore down the statues of the slave traders and others. Um, it's been interesting because I've been following Forbes magazine had a very interesting article uh, and they, they named every CEO of a corporation that has stepped down since the uh, protests began. And some of these are some very interesting characters who have now stepped down to say, well, we'll let a so-called black person or minority step into the, um, the CEO position or part of the board, or they're making what they're calling diversity inclusion boards. And now everyone's writing a check to some organization. Uh, very interesting what's going on because what it looks like to, to, to everyone else here in Australia and around the world is they're trying to buy some silence and we have to be very careful that that is not the solution. The Honorable uh, right. Elijah Muhammad gave us the solution, which is separation is the best and only right. solution. And, and Brother Terrence, I'm not sure. I don't want to step too much onto U.S. news, but I'm not sure if you caught on to uh, Brother Ice Cube. He has been blowing up Twitter. Uh, Man, come on, sure. come on now. Come on now. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> I'm not sure what has happened, but... Um, Go on Twitter, look up Ice Cube, and you will see something is going on with our brother. I think he's been tweeting yes, every sir. second of the day and letting us know where his mind is, what needs to be done, and the reality of what yeah. the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan warned us about. So I'm going to get off, and I want to hear from everyone Thank else. And may Allah continue to bless us all with success. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Well, wow. Thank you, Brother Ruben. It's and, excellent. And we're going to go uh, quickly to, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just wanted to add um, that, you know, our callers and our listeners always on, Sister Naja, who's in Detroit, but she's, you know, from Philly, New York. She's from all one around Memphis. She also let us know that Abbott's Ford Projects in Philly was where the FOI was successful in Philadelphia, but the Jews didn't renew their contracts in that community. So just like the Dope Brothers in D.C., Abbott's Ford Projects was another place the FOI was cleaning up in Philly. Yes, so sir. we have records. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's time now. It It is time. That's this right. Separation is the best and only solution, and we've been prepared for it uh, all of these years. So we have not yet heard um, from our attorney uh, to contribute, and we want to be able to get her report, and then we'll spend the last 30 minutes uh, with our callers. So we thank our callers and our contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela, for their patience. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Pamela. Walaikum salam, Sister Ava, and all the contributors, Brother Terrence and Sister Mariam, Brother Ruben. Yes, ma'am, I wanted to start off by talking about, um, uh, his name is Lane, uh, Thomas Lane, I believe, who was arrested who had been arrested oh, yes. for aiding and abetting the second-degree murder and manslaughter in the death of George Floyd. As we've said, he was released from jail on a $750,000 bond on yesterday. And it's interesting, as many of us know, in a bail situation, um, usually there is a 10% um, percentage 
they call it a premium in Minnesota that is required to be paid. And so, uh, that, you know, it's safe to say that his bond may have been roughly $7,500. But it is reported that there were other conditions of his bail. Uh, he's, ha- he's on a monitored mm. release. He is not to carry any guns, and he is not to participate in any other police activities. And according to the paper, his next court date is scheduled for June 29th. Um, and his mm. lawyer, who has been very vocal, um, he has claimed that he, his first order of day will be, of course, to file a motion to dismiss for his client. Um, and, and I thought it was interesting, uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am, as lawyers are all, you know, a lot of times blowing up, making, you know, all these uh, big, big blowing wind, uh, because we know that this man was holding down our brother George Floyd as he was murdered uh, by the fellow fraternal police, you know, people we saw it on TV. But it's very interesting, like many of these issues uh, surrounding our brother George Floyd have put a spotlight on the numbers of people who are in jail for pretrial release. And, of course, black and brown defendants are more likely to be jailed uh, before trial than whites. And so this whole issue of excessive bails and how our brothers and sisters are being held in these jails and not released on bail, I think, you know, it is another cry of injustice that we see, right. Dr. Ava, because in a report by prisonpolicy.org, they talk about how from 2002 there were 182,754 people in prison, total pretrial jail population in 2002 versus in 2017, you're looking at right under a half a million people being held pretrial jail populations, um, and many of those people are black and brown. So that's another issue of injustice that needs to really be looked at. And I just wanted to say in closing and listening to you all talk about the defunding efforts and the cry, uh, you know, regarding uh, the police mentality of violence and excessive force, you know, this is something we're seeing also uh, as we look at this culture of racism that's being protected by these police unions. A lot of uh, the leaders in Minneapolis, of course, or in Minnesota, are calling for police reforms, defunding the police. But also you see, um, you know, you see a lot of people complaining about the collective bargaining uh, powers that are given to these police departments because they're under uh, these, these contracts that protect them in their wrongdoings. Uh, specifically yes, the chief in Minnesota, he he's actually uh, withdrawing from some of the contract negotiations with the Minneapolis Police Federation, and because he wants, you know, he wants he's he's bringing attention to the fact that these are rogues, you know, these are uh, and they're often supported by the unions, regardless if they're wrongdoing or not. You know, you have the Writers Guild, um, according to The Guardian. They're talking about they don't really want police, you, you know, to be part of some of their unions because, you know, anytime you've got people who are upholding excessive force, 
because this is who they are. Like you said, Dr. Ava, these yeah. are the people that have been trained, you know, by these Israelis to do exactly what they're doing. So how can people in good conscience really support that? You know, if that's who you're about, then you just need to step aside. Um, because a re- there's a, researchers are saying that unionized officers draw more excessive force cl- complaints and are more likely to kill civilians because, you know, mm. according to this article in the Washington Post, unionization emboldens violent um, officers. Bob Crow, who is the head of the Minneapolis Police Union, they, they c- complain that he has blocked potential reforms for years, uh, even by the former chief standards. He's, he's led the Federation, um, and he bra- proudly broadcast in his politics calling Donald Trump wonderful. Um, you know, he's actually called Crow, they're saying, is frequently uh, hostile to black people, referred to Black Lives Matter as a terrorist organization, you know, and so on and so forth. I mean, this this is actually what they do. And in closing, I just wanted to, um, you know, just remind us of the Michael Brown uh, investigation in Ferguson. And there was a finding which the current uh, prosecutor, black woman Kimberly Gardner, is actually suing a police union. Uh, Jeffrey, I mean, uh, Rorter is a part of that. We, you know, we know this virulent racist. But in that, she was just making the point that they go out of their way to support white officers. This is her lawsuit that I'm quoting. They go out of their way to support white officers accused of perpetrating acts of violence and excessive force against black. Uh, African-American citizens is what she says. So this is why what you all are talking about our way, the, you know, real public safety as opposed to this vigilantism, you know, or just this terrorism is what I meant to say. Um, because in that, and, and I just wanted to close on how the Department of Justice actually found, even though they didn't charge Wilson, but they did find that the officers appear to some residents um, as being um, – uh, racist, you know, pattern of stops without reasonable suspicion and arrest, without probable cause, in violation of the Fourth Amendment. They infringe on the free expression, they do, as well as retaliation and excessive force and violations. I mean, so this is the finding and this is the reality that you all are talking about that exists in these so-called uh, police departments that our taxpayer money is funded. Yes, so I just wanted to bring that up um, from a lead, yes, you know, ma'am. just kind of throw some of that out to the conversation. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, no, I, I thank you and all of our contributors for lending yes, your, praises to, to your knowledge yes, and your expertise, you know, each and every week. And um, as the, as our listeners and those logged in and those on, on the phone, they know uh, listening to all of you, you're not just uh, shooting from the hip. This, this this is time spent, brothers and sisters, from people who are experts and knowledgeable in, in specialized fields of, of health and law and international uh, policies and procedures and uh, that all bear on uh, the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad um, as we apply them today, my co-host, my executive producer, these are these are people who are professionals in in their fields. Well, I, mean, I shouldn't say that. I mean they're obviously professionals, but they're 
they're masters in, in their crafts. They're not just mediocre people. And that's why so many people flock wow. to this channel and we, we get a full board each and every week. And, and we're going to be expanding in the near future. You're going to be able to hear elevated places more often. Uh, it'll allow us to expand the number of voices that we bring to you and make more use of the hours uh, and time slots that we have available while we have them available. So I'm going to go quickly. I thank our callers for their patience. And uh, let's let's get to the phones, and we're going to take it right from the top with Brother Daryl. As-salamu alaykum, brother. I'm sorry, Sister Darcel. and then we're going to have Brother Daryl. Sister Darcel, as-salamu alaykum. Uh, alaykum salam, and thank you for taking my call. I um, want to share. Um, I want to share with the panel some information, but it was not mentioned last week in Ferguson that you have a black female mayor yeah. of Fer- mm-hmm. Ferguson, oh, yes, and and also um, Juneteenth is next weekend, and yep. and in. T- and the current occupant um, of the White House, negative 45, is planning his very first rally in Tulsa, which is really a slap in the face of the history of um, the of the Juneteenth celebration to have it in Tulsa. Other than that, I yes, wanted please. to share that was would have been a little bit more current last week, but it's still a good information to share this week about Detroit. And I've been on a, lots of Zoom meetings and with planners, and also I think I did express that I went was a part of an equity summit that um, the United States Green Building Council, which is also a part of an international lead um, participant, but they they have this thing in Detroit called Connected Futures. And what they have discovered is like 90% of the Detroit public school systems um, although their K-12 students don't have appropriate devices and adequate Internet access, and they're saying that the need is urgent and that they are planning um, that Detroit will be moving from the last of the nation to the first in the nation for um, connectivity. And if a part of that is giving these children what they call these a bright future. And and what I have noticed in my call, please forgive this, the noise in the background, um, they're giving out these stipends for the youth this summer, and let me give you a name of this person. His name is Jerry Norcia of DTE Energy, and he's a part of this Connective um, Future uh, press conference. And in those stipends that they're giving to the young people, um, it would be a six-week summer job, and they'll all be given these laptops with the Wi-Fi connectivity, a part of it, a part of the um, actual device. And that is something that 
not only um, DTE, the foundation. I want to give you some other players in this that they're calling themselves the helping out a group called the Skillman Foundation. I don't know who they are because I'm not from Detroit, but they also have the Lions organization, the Red Wings, the the Tigers, the Pistons, United Way, and Quicken Funds, and those are some of the players in this um, um, effort to help with connectivity and giving laptops and children um, trying to um, eliminate part of the digital divide. And I can just say some of the um, conferences that I've sat in, and like it has been reported, I think um, Dr. Um, Doc, listen, put Dr. Rubin, listen to you, what I'm saying. Sorry about that. Brother Rubin was talking about. I've been on a lot of these calls, and they're all talking about, because I'm in, like, I'm a designer, so my point of view is going to be a little bit different because it's all about um, finding better spaces and places for our clients, and they're talking about um, efforts of getting people back to work. And so a lot of this is these cleansing stations because everything is touchless now or just the proposals to be so. And they're also saying some of the amenities in some of these buildings might be changing. It's like some um, 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 building strategies to get people back to work is um, in your premium buildings, you would have something like child care, nursing, um, 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 mother's nursing stations there, and gym memberships. And now they're all thinking, how are we going to be able to work in this space effectively? And the plan is now is to keep this hybrid of Zooming platforms, but having people go to work in different, in stages, like not a big gathering. So it's just really interesting how a lot of them are saying, oh, wow, we need to be more equitable, but they're not really dealing with the whole thing that some of this is just not working. So I just wanted to share that, and I just thought um, the whole thing with voting and the long lines and that, and I'll be brief and share with others. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate you uh, calling in. And we're going to uh, try to abbreviate our calls so that we can get to – we're down to about 25 minutes, and uh, we're going to go to – Sister Patricia, who has a comment, and let's see if I can get her. Have a little bit of trouble getting the line open. Oh. Okay. Okay, somehow my screen has frozen. If Sister Rona, if you... (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness Okay It's about to unfreeze yeah. Five, four, three Two, unfreeze <laughs> Okay Let me let me text Sister Rona yeah. Brother Terrence While Come. Sister 
is doing that. I agree with you about that. Uh, her interview on Brother Joshua's show that was such mm-hmm. an awesome interview. I just encourage everybody to listen. Wasn't that great? Yes, and it's up on YouTube. And it's up yes, on sir. YouTube. We had a little technical difficulty, but you got the basic, and you got enough information in it. You know, Wi-Fi was tripping because uh, they knew they had so much power on the line. So yes, sir. that was so wonderful. She shared so many tidbits with us and stories. It's a great, awesome interview. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we trying to get Sister yes. Patricia. Hello. I think she's on. Okay. Assalamualaikum. Yes, ma'am. Um, I was calling to ask a question because I'm, I'm trying to understand this. You know, you go into these stores and you see the small children without masks on their mouth, and you see the adults with with masks on their mouth. So my question is, Sister Marion, I mean, isn't the children prone to get this coronavirus also? I don't. I mean, I'm about to start to start saying something because I get so frustrated to see. I've seen this young sister. She looked like she just had the baby maybe about two, three days ago. And I'm looking at her like, you couldn't give nobody your list to go pick up something for you? I mean... You know, if stuff is still out here, I didn't, I'm trying to understand why these children are not being covered. Is there an age group that they say they shouldn't wear the mask over their mouth? No, ma'am. It's, it's not an age group that they say um, should not wear the mask. Um, what I try to do when I'm out and about and I see there are children, um, like one day I saw a woman who put her baby in the actual cart and didn't cover the area where the baby is more likely to put their hands and their mouths and things like that. I just went over um, very politely and, and helped her out and talked to her. We have to keep in mind that our people are in an ignorant state. So let us not get frustrated with them. Let's take that opportunity to unite with them and educate them and help to advise them what's best for them. Because in a lot of cases, um, we we got a lot of single mothers out here. And moms that you may see in the store, maybe she didn't have somebody to give a list to. Maybe she didn't have those resources. So she had to go out herself and and go to the store. So we want to be more compassionate with one another and try to help one another. But it's definitely not um, an age limit on, you know, when you shouldn't wear a mask, when you should wear a mask. Children, yes, they can. Um, Anybody can get uh, COVID-19. The beautiful thing with the child's immune system is that children are more likely to fight it off than anybody else. So certain age groups, if they don't have a mask on, it's still okay because they're in a condition that they can fight it off, and for them to have on a mask all the time does them more harm because now their immune systems don't have the the chance of inhaling bacteria to build itself up to be able to be strong to fight off other things that may be coming this coming fall. So me personally, I would be more um, prone to telling adults to put a mask on and telling children to wash their hands. And, and also, if I, I, now I have read and seen many uh, places that not under the age of two because it could actually, they can actually suffocate. That's right. 
That's right. Yes, ma'am. That yes, ma'am. Children under the age of two should not ever uh, wear a mask. Then there's a few doctors who say they have a concern with them, really up to five, because they don't they don't understand why they're wearing them, and they tend to pull pull and tug at them uh, when they've had it on too long. So my 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 thing is I, I think we just have to try to employ reasonableness in everything we do. Obviously the, the Nation of Islam we we're attempting to the best we can comply with the particularly the, the distancing guidelines. But there's as much of a argument for the uh unhealthy effects of constantly keeping your mouth and nose covered. The guidelines have been misinterpreted and misstated over and over again because when you read most of the state guidelines, they say wear the mask when you are unable to uh, socially distance. That's when you put them on when you're unable to socially distance. And that tends to be, for example, in grocery stores, um, in the post office or various places that you tend to enter uh, indoors because there's no data supporting outdoor transmission when there's, when there's fresh air and it's moving, especially like on the beach and where there's ocean air and, and things of that nature. That's right. But, um, I would be careful about judging why people are coming out. Every There are people that don't have anyone to help them, uh, and they have to bring their children uh, or their babies with them, and they have to come out. So it's just something we have to work with and, and work through. But the, the CDC and these other entities, they're backing off this whole posture of the asymptomatic individual spreading the disease, uh, children spreading the disease. And as you uh, heard, if you were on the program at the top of it, as Sister Mariam explained, now we're finding out the the, the treatment, the, the whole, the whole uh, characterization of the virus has in all likelihood been wrong. And yes, if you missed the top of the program, you want to play back uh, from the archives and listen to Sister Mariam's um, explanation to us that we're, we're talking about uh, inflammation here. Uh, and, and the result is asphyxiation. And then, of course, the use of the ventilators. Uh, th- there are so many things that are killing people and probably in in the overwhelming majority of cases where covid is identified as the killer at best it may the covid is an aider and a better uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. you know in very rare instances is it the sole cause of someone's death That's sister right. mariam has gone over the preconditions our age our weight uh, what they call comorbidity, when we have things like diabetes and mm. cancer and high blood pressure, 
but this this is this this is something you know viruses do have a shelf life they do have a peak and and uh uh now you know when they talk about oh my god we're over 100,000 deaths but we're also going into the seventh month of this that's the seventh right. month okay so we we want to just you know you got to impl- apply reasoning uh, when we hear things said, oh, this is still out here. But we, we got to be careful. Mm-hmm. The, there are viruses and bacteria in the air that our system needs to to take right. in and out. Your immune system needs right. to work. And right. it That's works right. by engaging in battles. Right. That's and right. there are good bacteria and bad bacteria. But if you're if you're wrapped up like you're a hostage right. or a bank robber all the time and they've got everybody looking at everybody else crazy and getting hostile. That's right. Okay. So we we got to think about remember that Satan is opposed to God. Everything That's that right. God puts in place, Satan's whole being is wrapped up in opposing it. So where Allah gives you a nose and mouth to inhale and exhale because he wasn't prepared for this virus, he doesn't have anything to say to you except wrap your ma- your face up. Now it's, it's right. mid-June. Hmm. Here's a virus that is killed by soap and hot water. Let's use our brain here. Soap and hot water kill it. But you're going to Come tell on. me you're in some secret lab coming up with a vaccine that, that is, is the disease itself, and you're going to shoot that up in my system on no on. day. Is that going to happen? That's yes. right. That's true. Thank you. So, uh, but thank you, sister, for the call because, it, it you know, a lot thank of people you. are thinking that. They're thinking about it, you know. That's right. And we're concerned because they're making us concerned. Because mm-hmm. they're putting the numbers up on the Today Show and CNN every day. Put the cancer numbers up there. Put the shootings That's up right. there. That's right. Every day in Chicago, we're not talking one person. We're talking seven, eight, 14 people getting shot. And one or two die right. at least. Right. Put the deaths in the world from hunger. You know how many millions hmm. of people are dying around this globe because they can't get enough food? Put that up on the on the screen. Why don't you? Come on. Hmm. That's right. So anyway, we're going to try to and, get... And, do, uh, and Dr. Ava, <laughs> one, one of the things... One of the things I wanted to share, I'm glad Sister Marion pointed out, sometimes we don't recognize our own privilege because we always talk about white people and their privilege, but sometimes we don't recognize our own privilege when we deal with our people um, because we talk about being on Zoom calls. We talk about getting all this information. We talk about being on blog talk. There's a mass, there's masses of our people don't even know who Dr. Ava is, don't even know who the nation, who Minister Farrakhan is, who don't even watch news or not into the digital space. So they don't even know this is going on. And some people are like, okay, that yeah, that's something else they're saying. they just like, they're trying to live. they just trying to survive. They may not that have so access true. to this. 
so, you know, sometimes I want us, right. you know, to always be cognizant of it. And I like thank God, Sister Mariam. She said, well, I don't know what she has or don't have. I just went over there and helped her and helped her get situated. That's right. And that's the that's spirit right. that's where right. the minister the teaches us. The that's yeah. the minister of the, the mm-hmm. attitude of the minister. Where he just seeks. He just he doesn't. Even the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we ain't got to condemn. We just offer a clean glass. So if we see something wrong, that's we ain't right. got to say what they're not doing. Offer what we can give that will help them do better because they may just not have a mask. We don't know. We just have so many access to a whole lot of things. Like I got a stack of masks right here. My cousin brought me some the other day. Somebody else may not even have the opportunity to, in some places, give out masks quickly. So how well can they even get to the location to get a mask because they don't have transportation and they don't want to get on the bus to go get transportation, and what is the time frame that they can go if they have child care or don't have child So there's so many obstacles, and I just want to put that out there. So as we're walking this walk and helping our people, sometimes we think they know, when in truth, they really just don't. That's right. Excellent point. Thank you, sir. Okay, so I think we got Brother uh, Sister Rona's helping me with this because I'm still frozen. Brother Daryl. Uh, I think it's next. Salam alaikum, family. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Uh, yes, I was just thinking as uh, you were speaking, uh, Sister Dr. Ava, about how our people don't really know. Uh, even though you spoke on about our brother uh, Floyd, they still haven't said anything about the money. All of the money out here is fake anyway. You know, I, I went to the bank and cast a check and got about ten one hundred dollar bills that was fake. They didn't call the police on them. When I went in the bank and told them I just received this from you all, they immediately, oh, I'm sorry, let me go change it out. So fake money been out here all along. You know, mixed with supposed to be real money, so it's all fake money. But we never heard anything about it since our brother, you know, was uh, dealt with like that. But even though more footage is coming out, they said the brother was already in the car handcuffed. He was taken mm-hmm. out of the car. And then that when the, uh, this beast put his knee in our brother's neck for the eight to nine minutes. So he was already in the car. So why haven't they said anything about that? He was already to do. So then you pull him out of the car. And then do what you did because he was already planning he wanted to kill the brother anyway. And so we have to understand the time that we're living in. Uh, even though a lot of things have not hit the air, even our brother uh, goes back to the one they were shot at 41 times, 19 bullets hit him. That didn't hit the air like it should have. Our brother Trayvon, all of this, Tamir Rice, 12-year-old, saying he looked like he's 21. So all of this has been going on all along. And our problem is that we have to stand up and uh, speedily get to what you were saying, separation. And also on this um, virus, I noticed when Dr. Eileen was on your show and the question was asked, is the Enron Byron, I guess that's how you pronounce it, is it good for the corona? And he immediately said yes. So is there any way that our family and our people will have access to that? Because there's no way in the world. Uh, my niece just had uh, a great niece for me, and I was concerned about them, you know, they're young, and not to let them do anything, you know, uh, give the baby shot, but they don't have the knowledge and no one's there to watch over them. 
And I pray and thank a lot. It was eight pounds, twelve ounce baby girl. So I pray a lot that uh, my niece be fine. But we have to acknowledge and let our people know, you know, is there any way that this in-round, by-round would be open to the, uh, the public of our people? I said, I'm like you, love you, and may Allah continue to bless your show. Islam, thank you, thank you. Brother Ruben, are you still there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Ronald, thank you for your question. And to all the listeners, send us an email here in Australia. Email address is info at covid19partners.store. So that email address, info, I-N-F-O, at covid19partners.store. C-O-V-I-D-1-9 P-A-R-T-N-E-R-S dot store. Uh, or leave your details with Sister Rona and we will get back to you because we have access to everything that you need to help with your treatment and we can get it to you from Australia. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Brother Ruben. Thank you very much. That That was... That was very helpful, and we are going to continue. Our sister, Dr. Ava, will be right back on, but I think we have Sister Ula is next to be on the call. Are you there? Okay. Yep. Knocking on the walls. I can definitely tell that you did. Yes, sir. As-salamu alaykum. Walaykum salam. Well, yes, sir. All praise to Allah, sir. I, and Brother Ruben, assalamu alaikum to you also, brother. I, was, I wanted to well, say this, and I thank Allah, and I thank Allah, because no one in my circle had the coronavirus. Some were tested. They didn't have it. And my what I did the whole time, as soon as they announced it, I stayed on a strict exercise routine. I took my Carlson's kind of liver oil tablets, ate an organic orange every day, and I took, um, I made sure everybody ate that bean soup. And uh, all praise to Allah. I, I think it's just like uh, Sister Ava said, it's, you know, I, I didn't buy none of those masks because I didn't trust a, a breed of people who were going out giving the Indians blankets, you know, smallpox blankets. So I decided I would make my own mask. You know, the gloves, I, I bought some gloves in these packs, and when I washed them, a whole lot of black stuff came out of them, you know. We are too trusting of these people. You know, we trust them, and, and then they you don't know what those gloves they put in the lining of those gloves. We never know, you know. So um, I don't want to stay on the phone too long because I'm hoping someone else will be able to get on. But uh, the key is diet and exercise. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, and how do you to live? It will eliminate the problems that we came in the nation with. Thank you for letting me share, Brother Flight Lieutenant. I'm Lakers. <laughs> Well, Lake Islam, no, thank, thank you, Islam. thank you. And that is the basic thing that we need to remember is how to eat to live. Our dietary law is the best way to get our immune the way we need it, and that good old navy bean soup. We're winding down the time, so let me go straight to Brother Hoyo. Welcome to the show. Brother, 
Assalamualaikum, Brother Terrence and Sister Ava and Brother Ruben. Assalamualaikum, family. Yes, sir. I know you heard Brother Terrence of, uh, you were talking about the police training. You know, uh, this was in the Middle East Monitor about a U.S. It's uh, about Durham, North Carolina. It says U.S. City bans military training of forces. It says uh, uh, the Durham Council voted unanimously 6 zero to adopt the ban after a petition by activists around more than fourteen hundred signatures of men the day of global protests against racism and police brutality sparked by the killings of Florida. The council said that the ban extended to any country that offers military style training to its police force. The Israeli Defense Forces and the Israeli police have a long history of violence and harm against the Palestinian people and Jews of color. And the Miller and it says the Miller and most of your uh, uh, police forces, I'd say 95% of them, are trained by this uh, Israeli, you know, this brutal police tactics where they just, yep. it's an aggressive, uh, uh, you know, uh, aggressive kill, uh, the same way they do with the Palestinians. So, right. Um, we, that's why Brother Terrence is saying you're totally correct with the we need to police our own. Black, I was saying on another talk show in Memphis, they were talking about defund the police. What, what can we do? As much as Farrakhan gave you the answer, black police in the black community, 10,000 fearless. We got Captain Dennis. We got all kinds of brothers. That, uh, the FOI, all the captains. We know how to train the police, proper handling other people. If you go with most of these, and Brother Terrence, you're saying you travel with Brother Ruben, most of the um, Hispanic or Chinese, they have their own, uh, you know, people policing their neighborhoods. We're the only ones that have an enemy policing us. Like I was telling some friends of mine, why are Klan members policing our communities where they can have fun? You know, yes. and, they, and they say, like the minister said one time before, they come in our community like cowboys to have fun, you know, rape our women and sell drugs and so we got to rid our community of that. And That's right. Um, uh, going to the, what Sister Ava said before about how this government gives out these resettlement loans to the Arabs. It was an Arab uh, store that uh, called the police yes. on, on Brother uh, Not only the Arabs, you got different nationalities who get these resettlement assistant loans. And I've, I've shared them. They get 3000 or more, and they tell them in classes to come in our community set up the stores, they set up these cell phone stores. Um, uh, and Brother Hoy, are you still there? Cause I think we get ready to almost get back on. I don't know if you dropped yes, off, sir. but Sister Avery, you're back on if you want to go ahead and close yes, it out these yes, last sir. two minutes. Yes, uh, Hello? And, and I was on them for a while Hello? and could not... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, but Go ahead. Yes, sir. I, I know well, we're going to go ahead and get this closed out, Brother Hobart. I thank yes, you for sir. your call. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, family. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> all right. No, I, I was on. That somehow the audio got disconnected, but uh, I just I really want to uh, thank again the the panelists as well as the uh, callers and those logged in to elevated places as, as you do each and every week and make this gathering productive and successful. I want to invite you all to uh, be on 
the uh, study group uh, tomorrow night, and uh, I will have a few words of opening guidance uh, that will be ready to play at 7.30 p.m. local time tomorrow on NOI.org, after which you should uh, engage and study with those in your home. And if you don't have people in your home to study with, then call several believers um, and, and study with them. We are working vigorously uh, to train study group coordinators so that we, you all can take part in Zoom meetings around the country. I want to also invite you to visit me at ministerava.com. Uh, the book Real Love is available. It's back That's in right. print and available uh, in the digital edition. Um, and I want to really thank, again, Brother uh, Joshua Muhammad. Uh, for having me on Up Close and Personal. i said things on that program I've never said publicly, and there is something about him. He's like our uh, Oprah or Jan Love Van Zandt. He's very relaxing, and I love the fact that he does these personal profiles. So, again, uh, thank you all, all of the contributors, Brother Ruben, Sister uh, Mariam, Sister Pamela, Brother Terrence, Sister Rona, and all of you who took part tonight. May Allah bless us all with love and the light of understanding as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. <laughs>